Coming Back is a listener-supported podcast. To support the show and get exclusive access to podcast swag, giveaways, private grief hangouts, and more, head on over to patreon.com slash shelbyforsythia. Support the show for as little as $1 per month and change or cancel your support at any time. Thank you so much for listening. Grief Growers, I am also setting sail on the 2019 Bereavement Cruise to join me and a boatload of other grieving hearts as we travel to Haiti, Jamaica, and Mexico. Go to www.comingbackcruise.com where you can sign up to receive more information on the cruise's sail dates, grief presenters, and onboard activities. I'll see you on the open seas. Hi there, and welcome to Coming Back, a podcast about coming back to life after loss. On today's show, I'm talking to Sharon Ellers, one of my very first guests here on Coming Back, about the loss of two dear people to suicide, and how Reiki changed the way her logical mind thought about the energy of grief. Also on the show today, I've got a little gift for you, grief growers access to the Spotify playlist I'm listening to while writing my upcoming book, Permission to Grieve. I'm Shelby Forsythia, an intuitive grief guide who speaks, writes, and teaches powerful truths on grief and loss. My mom's death in 2013 set me on the path to becoming a lifelong student of grief, and I use what I learned to equip others with the knowledge to heal and remind them that they are not alone. Because even through grief, we are growing. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coming Back. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so glad you're here. Just a quick reminder that I'm going live today over on Legacy.com's Facebook page to talk about the premiere of Sorry for Your Loss that debuted last night on Facebook Watch. If it's before 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time when you're listening to this podcast, I hope you'll join in on the discussion. If it's after 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time when you're listening to this, I hope you'll watch the replay and follow along with me as I break down how Facebook is choosing to portray grief on TV or their version of TV, which is Facebook Watch. For a link to the live broadcast, click on the link in the show notes that says likelegacy.com's Facebook page, and that's exactly where I'll be covering Sorry for Your Loss. You can also follow my Facebook and my Instagram pages where I'll be reposting uh, the replay of the episode recap. So a lot of re's happening here. The replay of the recap. Also coming up soon is my hour-long Google Hangout for Patreon folks. This is a once-a-month event for top-tier patrons, and this month I'll be coming to you live on September 24th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. I'm answering your questions about grief and loss, recommending my favorite books and podcasts, and just generally making space and time to hear you and to hear your loss story. This is my way of saying thank you for your support of the show on Patreon and answering questions that you might have about grief and loss that don't necessarily get covered on the show. So if you'd like to join me on September 24th, head on over to patreon.com slash shelbyforsythia and pledge at the $33 per month or more level. You get a lot of cool rewards when you pledge at that level. This is just one of them. And you'll receive instant access to the link to join the Google Hangout when you pledge. I am so excited to spend some one-on-one time with you. Okay, so if you haven't noticed it yet, grief growers, this season of coming back is a little 
wonky. The top of the shows are a little bit wonky. So because I'm working on my book, Permission to Grieve, I'm spending a lot of the time I normally spend writing the top of the show segment, answering your questions, uh, doing weekly Facebook lives to really focus in on the message and the core of this book. It's a very deep and energetically taxing process. So I'm kind of saving what bandwidth I do have to record and to edit interviews with my fellow bereavement cruise presenters, who you all have the opportunity to meet on the cruise in March, and to interact with you still on social media and the Grief Goers Garden on Instagram, on Facebook, etc. I'm hoping to return your questions on grief and loss in season five of coming back in 2019. So this week when I was thinking about what I wanted to offer at the top of the show before the interview today, and as I was working on permission to grieve, I thought, hey, why don't I share a piece of this with you? Not a piece of the book I'm writing per se, I'll let you know when the book is ready for your eyes, but a piece of the environment and the atmosphere that I'm creating for myself right now, kind of the cave in which I am dwelling. So this week, Grief Growers, I wanted to give you free and unrestricted access to the Spotify playlist that I've created to help me write. If you're itching to hear it right now, you're like, I gotta listen to this, what the heck is she listening to? Uh, Click the link in the show notes that says listen to my writing playlist here. There's an exact link to the very special playlist I've opened up just for you and you can find it in the show notes. If you're looking for some more explanation on this playlist, the music is inspired by one of my mom's favorite artists, and that is folk pianist George Winston, who I actually saw perform live here in Chicago and at the Old Town School of Folk Music probably at least a year or so now. It was it was really pretty and really captivating and just it's so beautifully simple. It's like the piano is singing. Uh, all by itself. So this playlist is something that's made up of entirely non-speaking, non-singing music. The words are all coming from me. They're not coming from, you know, songs or, or spirits outside of me. This whole playlist is just instrumental. It's soft. It's emotional music that encourages me to keep writing and keep speaking my book. And it also keeps my mom's energy close by, which has been really cool and really helpful through this process. Some of these songs make me cry uh, just from listening to the first couple of notes, and some actually drive me forward to bursts of inspiration, which is really cool too. I thought you just might like to hear that this week, Grief Growers. It's something different for your ears and a uh, a little bit of an extra, if you will, something I haven't offered yet. So if it interests you, I've also used this playlist to meditate, or browse old photos when I'm really missing my mom. I'll put it on shuffle and light a candle and think about her. And it's just been really something that helps me through my grief. I know from so many episodes of Coming Back and from talking to all of you two, how important music is along the grief journey. So there it is this week, Grief Growers, the link to my writing playlist, my current energetic space, the cave, the nest, the kind of hollow place in the ground that I'm carving out for myself to really sink into and write this book in. Give it a listen if you feel so inclined and keep checking back in on the playlist grief growers because almost every single day I'm adding more pieces to it as the book and as my writing grow. They call for different songs so it's really been fun to watch it grow from half an hour to an hour to two hours now worth of music, and I can imagine it's only going to get bigger from there. I'm curious, Grief Growers, is there a song that has helped you sit with your grief? I would absolutely love to hear about it. 
Let all of us know what song reminds you of your loved one in my private Facebook group, The Grief Grower's Garden. I've made posts about this before and shared some of my own favorite songs, but I always think it's really fun and fascinating to do again and again and again as we have new members join or people enter different um, moments or memories in their grief. Music changes meaning for us over time and the songs that hit us change over time as well, kind of just like grief does. It'll be different on different days. But what's really cool about music is that it pulls out these feelings from us that we've left buried or that we haven't addressed yet, or sometimes that we even forgot about. And I just love music for grief so much. It, it really is a language and an outlet for grief that's all its own. So if you'd like to share with us this week, I would love to hear about some of your favorite songs in the Grief Growers Garden. And I do hope you enjoy listening to what I'm listening to this week. Next up, I'm talking to Sharon Ellers of Grief Reiki about the loss of her best friend and ex-fiance to suicide, and how a practice as woo-woo as Reiki brought her closer to understanding the energy of her grief. Sharon Ellers is the founder of Grief Reiki, a multidimensional approach to grief and loss using emotional recovery, Reiki, and other spirituality-based tools. She is also an advanced grief recovery specialist, death midwife, and a Reiki master teacher. Sharon helps others to recover from grief by providing them with a safe, compassionate, and healing environment for their journey. She is the author of Grief Reiki, an integrated approach to the emotional, physical, and spiritual components of grief and loss, and is the co-author of Grief Diaries, Surviving Loss by Suicide, a finalist in the National Indie Excellence Awards, the Book Excellence Awards, and the Best Book Awards. She has three beautiful children, two adorable cats, and lives in Los Angeles, California. As a phone note, Sharon was one of my first ever guests on Coming Back. If you'd like, you can find our other interview on episode six of Coming Back called Honor What You're Going Through. Sharon, I am so excited to have you on the show to talk about your lost stories and the bereavement cruise as well. And I just want to give a very public shout out to you today uh, for being the person who informed me that the bereavement cruise even exists at all. So um, the fact that I am going, all you grief growers can thank Sharon for her influence in that. And uh, if you'd like to check out the interview where she first uh, discussed the bereavement cruise with me, you can check out her series called uh, Grief and Healing Corner, which is a series of Facebook live videos that she does, which is very cool. So we discussed that off the air, and then the next day I applied. So Sharon, I'm so excited to have you on the show again. Thank you for being here. And uh, can you start us off with your lost story? Oh, absolutely. First of all, thank you. And thank you for all you do. It's just been a pleasure to watch you grow in your career and uh, through your grief as well. And so um, I'm honored to be back. I'm honored to be back. So my lost story starts about eight years ago when my best friend Joy died by suicide. Um, I really hadn't been exposed to grief um, of that magnitude before. And the fact that it was suicide really threw me for a loop because people tended to avoid me. Um, I struggled to get better on my own, uh, which didn't work. And as a result, um, I found that I was having a really difficult time. Um, just as I was starting to sort of get my way through it, quote unquote, um, my former fiance um, also died by suicide. And that just sent me into a tailspin. Um, 
big time. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I ended up joining a survivors after suicide support group, which was very beneficial. But I struggled for quite a while, both personally and professionally, about how to get through this. Um, I found the grief recovery method. And that really helped me to lift the burden that had been on my shoulder kind of off and move forward. As a result of that, I decided to help others um, move through their grief and loss journey only because I felt so lost and alone on my own. It just made sense to try to reach out and be there for other people. Um, and I found that doing that actually gave me the tools that I needed to be able to handle loss in my own life, um, especially when my father passed away um, about 18 months ago. Um, I found that, you know, as much as I miss him, I mean, I miss him every single day. I handled my grief much differently. I didn't feel so lost and alone. I was able to talk about it. And so in a nutshell, those three losses kind of propelled me to where I am today using the grief recovery method as well as um, uh, Reiki tools, which we'll talk a little bit about, I'm sure, later. But um, the Japanese healing art of Reiki was also very instrumental in getting me through my loss. And so here I am today. I love that you talk about how your ability to grieve has changed with working on your grief as well, because I know a lot of our grief growers, people who are finding this podcast for the very first time, are also experiencing a devastating loss for the very first time. And a big thing that I know that I uh, looked for, hoped for, kind of sought after when I was looking for resources after the death of my mom was hope that if and when this happens again, I'm not necessarily going to be better at it, but I'll know more of myself and I'll know more of what to do or what I need or what I want to talk about. Can you talk about kind of the progression of learning how you grieve over time and working with it? Absolutely. I think in the beginning, I was just completely lost. I didn't know what to do. And I think for me, I gravitated to all of those things that I've learned in becoming an advanced grief recovery specialist that were misinformation. Like I tried to be strong. I kept busy. I mean, I worked like a year and a half worth of work in one year trying to, I guess, get through it thinking that I would do better. So I followed all of the misinformation those first couple years and I felt worse. I just completely felt worse after John died and then kind of forcing myself to move into support groups and the grief recovery method, I realized that I wasn't going crazy. I realized there was no um, process that I was supposed to be following. I'm a cybersecurity engineer by trade. And so I'm very analytical. It's like, give me the steps, give me the process, you know, where's my milestones? <laughs> where are the numbers on this? What are the yeah. success rates? <laughs> where's, exactly. Where's my action plan and my milestones and my goals? And it's like, I'm supposed to be at a certain place. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm going forward at all. I feel like I'm going backwards. But realizing that it was just normal to go through everything I was going through, because it was specific for me, just changed everything. And I was less hard on myself. I was less, um, you know, so determined to kind of do it correctly because there is no right or wrong way to grieve, right? It's really about the the um, relationship and the intensity of the emotions that you had for that person. Um, and I think what happened was as time progressed and as, you know, like you said, you know that these losses are going to happen. You know, I quit my job, my dad died, all of these things. I mean, 
my relationship with my dad was amazing. And it's not to say that the intensity of my grief wasn't there, but I didn't default to those behaviors that don't work. And I just allowed myself to be. I allowed myself to feel how I was supposed to feel or how I was feeling on a particular day. I didn't judge myself if I was, you know, down one day and then up the next, because I realized that it's a roller coaster. Once you get on, once you get on that grief roller coaster, it's just all over the place. And so I was kinder and gentler with myself. I did more self care. I stopped criticizing. And I think that made all the difference in the world. So if I wanted to have a piece of chocolate cake, after my dad died, I would go have it, right? And then I would say, all right, you know, that's okay. That's what I feel like right now. If I want to sleep, you know, I don't normally sleep during the day. But if I needed to sleep because my body said sleep because I was up all night thinking, you know, then I would sleep. So that made all the difference in the world was having the tools to understand what works and what doesn't work. I think that's so powerful and such a big reason why resources like the ones that you put out into the world are so important because people are like, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? And of course, with grief, there's the fear always that the other shoe is going to drop. This is going to happen again. And what am I going to do then? Um, I'm curious to know now kind of how you went from the analytical brain to working with grief full time and kind of what what your days look like. I think I asked this during our very first interview in episode six of coming back, but um, but what space does grief occupy in your life now? You know, it's it's almost like it is my life and, and people may think, oh, that's depressing and sad. Um, but I think I was always a creative brain to start with. And so force fitting myself into the analytical world, I think I did that to survive. I mean, as a cybersecurity engineer, it's pretty much male dominated. And so I work with engineers who think that way all day. And so I kind of just grab in fact, my ex husband was an engineer, sort of just gravitated into that thought process, and it never really worked for me. And so using my soft skills, as they say, the compassion and the empathy, I mean, it doesn't often work very well when you're sitting in a meeting with the government, and you're talking about, you know, hacking and all of that. I mean, sometimes, you know, the compassion empathy has to be there. But it certainly isn't one of those things that you can get through a lot of meetings doing. And so for me, um, being able to just be myself, you know, and to be compassionate and to listen to other people's issues without, you know, analyzing, criticizing or judging and really going home at night, even though the work isn't easy, as you know, I mean, it can be very emotional. It's often very emotional. My clients are going through all different kinds of things, but I feel so fulfilled at the end of the day because I've been able to talk to somebody and listen to what they have to say about what they're going through because I never felt that for myself when I was going through it in the beginning. And so just knowing that I can be there and not even say anything and listen to somebody and they feel better when they hang up the phone means everything. It really does. It's just changed my whole perspective on life, actually. I want to know now, uh, because we actually received a listener question about alternative healing modalities. I really want to know kind of if you'll redefine Reiki for us, the Japanese healing modality. I'm certified in this as well. Um, but how Reiki kind of gets you into a different place 
while you're grieving because there are things like support groups to join. There are things like the grief recovery method that have been supremely helpful uh, to me and my own loss. But when people ask how Reiki is helpful, they're like, from the outside, it just looks like you guys are having your eyes closed and you're just near each other. Um, but I'm curious as to, yeah, I guess how Reiki is super, super helpful in grief and what it can do specifically for a grieving heart. Sure. Um, Reiki is a Japanese energy healing modality that I primarily started learning about when I worked as a cybersecurity engineer for the federal government. I lived in Washington, D.C. I was working in a very stressful job. I knew nothing about it, but I was just looking for things to help me relax and decompress after a hard day's of hard day at work. So I was doing yoga, these kind of things. Anyway, I found a business card that said relax on it. On my first appointment, it turned out I even didn't even say Reiki on it. I just went because it said relax. <laughs> if that's what you're if that's what you're offering, I'm going to show up for that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's like, you know what, as you can tell with the political climate today, you know, Washington is Washington is a very stressful place to work. And so I, I wanted to keep my sanity, I needed to decompress when I, I left the job, and I needed to be, you know, kind of in a good place while I was working. So anyway, the first um, session I had ended up being a Reiki session, I had no idea what to expect. And so over time, I started to learn more about it. Um, there's three levels. Um, our bodies are made up of energy and energy moves around our bodies. And I guess in the short description, um, when things like grief, um, which is an energy depleting emotion hit us, um, or stress, which is also energy depleting, you know, the energy in our body just sort of blocks and we end up having all sorts of physical maybe ramifications as a result. And I found with myself at work, I was getting headaches, I was, you know, getting stomach aches, and I was doing, you know, a disservice to my body by not being able to relax. So Reiki had the ability to help me relax. And I think one of the things that I found, and no one taught me this, it just made sense that when I was grieving, which is a very stressful, energy depleting uh, time in your life, that, and I couldn't sleep, um, Reiki does help with sleep, that I found that doing self Reiki on a daily basis really helped me to navigate the emotional ups and downs that I was going through. So Reiki from a physical perspective, put my body in a place where I stopped having chest pains, I wasn't having heart, you know, heart issues or, or head, head issues like, um, you know, headaches that my stomach didn't feel like there was a concrete block in it, because it kept the energy moving within my body, and allowed my body to have the stamina that it needed in order for me to face the emotions, which again, are, are coming at you from all different directions while you're grieving. So Reiki for me, um, was able to address not only the emotional component, which I think we've talked about where grief recovery method and support groups really talk mostly or really deal mostly with the emotional perspective, that Reiki helped me also to work on my physical and spiritual perspective. And that's where I think from a grieving perspective, you have to look at all three of those components in order to successfully navigate through your grief. I think you're so right in that. And for me, I think Reiki too, especially receiving it from another human was like, oh, look, somebody else cares. 
Like somebody else can see that yes. and is applying energy to it or about it or around it. And being seen is just, even if it's you seeing yourself, you talk about self-reiki, is is such a powerful thing in grief because for so for so many of us, we're trained to not see it or we or we just don't want to see it. It's, we think it's going to be too hard or too painful because it is hard and it is painful. But to be able to sink into that space is just really, really powerful. And that's where a lot of transformation, I think, happened for me is in that type of energy. I think you're absolutely right. And it's funny that you say that because the first thing I did after my best friend and then my former fiance died was I called my Reiki teacher and I said, I don't know what to do, but I know that Reiki will, will put me in a place of calm. And so just having her there, like you said, and having someone hold that space for you, it just opened the door. I mean, I think it was almost the same day or the day after each time. And fortunately she answered her phone, which I think was divine intervention, but um, it gave me the ability also to sort of, you know, come back to a place of peace in some ways and, and release some of the emotions because as soon as she placed her hands lightly, you know, on my head, it was just like, what? it all came out. So um, yeah, it was a beautiful experience to have that um, and share that with her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a connecting energy, but it's most often wordless. And I think sometimes we need that too. Yeah. Very cool. So I, I kind of want to shift now into what workshop you'll be leading on the bereavement cruise, maybe first how you even found out about the bereavement cruise, and then uh, what workshop you're going to be leading on board, and maybe what else you're looking forward to participating with on board. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been watching the bereavement cruise, mainly because there's a few people that I've worked with before, like Linda Fell. Linda is the, um, you know, kind of the creator of Grief Diaries, the Grief Diaries book series. I had supported multiple books with her and, uh, you know, I follow her. And so I noticed that, you know, she was doing some work with the bereavement crews and that there were others. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I made this, it's funny, I made this pact with myself this year um, to follow. I mean, I've had it for a while, but I'm certainly more in tune with it now that my intuition tells me when I see things, not to let it, like, especially on Facebook, not to let it move past me, but to follow up if it's something that I'm interested in. And so I think during this year's bereavement cruise, earlier this year, I think they went in March, I saw their um, page and in my Facebook feed came through, oh, looking for presenters. And I thought, oh, they're looking for presenters. I wonder if I should do that. And I thought, no, you're not going to wonder about it. You're just going to do it. And so I stopped and I actually wrote the proposal up right away. In fact, I think I, she said I was like the, one of the first ones for the next year cruise. But it was really, it really sounded amazing to me and such an opportunity to work with people like yourself, but also to be there for those who are going on, you know, going through their grief journeys now and be able to, offer the tools and the support and the holding space and the companionship that we so desperately need on our grief journey. So it was really just a fluke, you know, Facebook came flying by, it looked good. And I thought, you know what, this is my new year's resolution. I'm going to follow up with everything that seems to hit me in a certain way. And it certainly hit me that morning and I stopped what I was doing and sent in my proposal. I love it. That makes me so happy because these, uh, these resolutions are 
so often, especially when they're related to intuition, they're so often a big part of our coming back of, you know, becoming curious again, trying things on again, and maybe experimenting with, you know, these weird things that seem to inexplicably uh, pop up into our periphery. So I love that the bereavement cruise was just like, hello. And then of course, when I got on board, I recognized the grief diary series. And I was like, Oh, where have I heard that before? And I was like, Oh, my gosh, my friend Sharon is a part of that as well. Um, So tell us now that you've pitched your presentation, uh, what will you be leading on board that people going on the bereavement cruise can take part in? Well, the course is really about harnessing the power of Reiki to help you move through your grief journey. Um, You don't have to be a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki master in order to use the energy within your body. I mean, we all basically have the skill to do that. And what Reiki does is it trains you um, how to um, you know, be more prof- more proficient at it. But literally, I mean, there are very simple exercises and things that you can do on your own without being a grief, you know, without being a Reiki master um, that will help you on your grief journey. So I'm going to talk about integrating the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical physical aspects of grief using Reiki and other spiritual spiritually based tools, um, so that I think the important thing is that a griever, I mean, everybody's grief journey is different and everybody's toolbox is different, right? We talk about Glenn Lord and the grief toolbox. I mean, there's lots of different tools that you can use. Um, and I think this offers up Reiki as one of those tools in order to face these different components with some, you know, very simple activities that you can do um, when you don't feel like doing anything, right? Just some very simple activities that you can do to sort of get you through your day, um, and then you find that the more you do them, the better that you feel. So understanding that and looking at all of those components using Reiki is really, really the intent of the course. That sounds like so much fun and uh, is something that I've definitely applied in my own work and my own coming back as well. Uh, what blocks do people usually have to trying Reiki for the first time? Maybe taking down some walls so people are want to come in. So I could say that as an engineer, I thought this is absolute nonsense, right? I mean, this is woo-woo, new age. There's no way that this stuff, you know, works. It's like, I don't know, people drink the Kool-Aid, however it is, until it happened to me and until it started to work for me. And then I realized that, you know, some things are bigger than than your brain trying to figure it out. But I also looked at it from, you know, quantum physics perspective and the fact that, you know, our bodies are, everything is made up of energy and it makes logical sense that when we don't feel good, that something, you know, something in our body isn't working the way that it should be. And maybe, you know, the energy is blocked in those areas. Um, That really, helped me to understand it better. But I think what really helped me um, was that very first session and not understanding it and have somebody, you know, performing Reiki on me. And I felt better. It was kind of like I left that first appointment thinking, oh my gosh, I actually do feel better. And, and all she did was just lightly place her hands, you know, in various places around my body And I'm thinking, 
how did that work? I know I feel better. And so I think that's the biggest thing for me is not only can you, you know, analyze it and understand it from a quantum physics perspective that everything is energy, but the fact that it actually makes you feel better. So I would say to the people who aren't sure about it, I think we're going to have the opportunity, it sounds like maybe to offer some Reiki, maybe short Reiki sessions that while we're on the cruise. So if that is available to you, maybe, you know, taking a few minutes in the morning or in the evening, whenever this is, and just allowing yourself to experience it um, and see how you feel, you know, and I'm not saying it works for everybody, but I think most people who've experienced it um, do feel better. And if nothing else, that's something we, we really strive for when grief comes a calling. And so even, you know, for a short period of time, so you can sleep better at night, um, I'd say just be open-minded. Um, maybe the proof is in the pudding if you actually experience it yourself and see how it works for you. That's very true. And I'm going to share a funny quote that I heard on another podcast that's actually about meditation, which is similar to Reiki, but but not quite. I think it puts you in a similar kind of mental state. And I know I do a lot of Reiki with my clients lying totally down. Some people do chair Reiki where you're sitting up in a chair and some people do, you know, totally laid out like on a massage table or on the floor or wherever people are comfortable. And um, this, <laughs> this other podcast I was listening to about meditation, they say a failed meditation is really a successful nap. So worst case scenario, a failed Reiki session is a very successful nap. Um, and, uh, and I was just so tickled by that because I thought of it in my own practice too, because I, I have had people fall asleep. And when I've received Reiki, I've fallen asleep too. I'm like, maybe that's just what I needed. But in the moments Absolutely. where uh, I've been conscious in it too, it's been it's been a really transformative experience working on other people. I've I've seen colors or or numbers or um, I've, I work with Norwegian runes also sometimes, which is very bizarre, but my very first symbols in that alphabet came to me through doing Reiki also. And that was such a powerful experience. And then receiving it too, I'm like, I can feel things moving around. And I thought it was crazy too. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to subscribe to any of this, but Hey, the very first time I did it, I was like, Hey, I get to sit in a chair for 10 minutes and not have to think about anything. And that was enough for me to, to sign up and do it. So yeah, I, I, I really agree with your, your, um, tactic with skepticism is a, the quantum physics part, but B just try it on. And we say this so much on, on coming back is just try it on, see what works. If it doesn't, you don't have to do it again. Uh, and if it does, you know, maybe circle around back to it. And that's, that's just a really lovely thing. I'm so excited to be a fellow Reiki practitioner on board with you. That's going to be so much fun. And to meet you in person. We have, we have never met in person before. <laughs> I feel like I've met you in person, even though we've spoken. I mean, it, it, it'll be nice to physically be in the same place at the same time. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, that'll be very cool. So uh, really quickly, as we're wrapping up, Sharon, let's let everybody know where they can find you, uh, as well as everything that Grief Reiki does Sure, absolutely. Um, my website is um, grief-reiki.com. Um, and on there, you'll find my services, um, my products. I've been lucky enough to be part of the Grief Diary series, Surviving Loss by Suicide, especially. I was a co-author on that, and I've contributed to multiple books 
um, in that series. But I've also written my own book, Grief Reiki, which is available um, on both books are available on Amazon. Um, I'm very proud of the Grief Reiki Academy, which is really the webinars and free webinars talking about different, all different kinds of topics relating to loss, um, from pet loss to time doesn't heal all wounds to, you know, what you can do for somebody else who is grieving um, as a friend um, to help them get through their grief. So there's a, and a grief recovery introduction is on there as well. And I'm most proud of my latest, um, uh, I guess, collaboration with Udemy is a um, course that's primarily geared for um, Reiki practitioners, anybody at any level. And it's really giving you the tools. It's called the Grief Reiki Healing Program. And uh, it's giving Reiki practitioners the tools to incorporate grief into their healing practice. And so um, that seems to be going over very well. I just put it out a week ago and I've already gotten, I think, 40 students. So I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. I know. And so um, it's just taking the, the grief and the Reiki and sort of tailoring it. I think Reiki practitioners already understand the Reiki um, and it's just kind of tailoring the grief to them. I've also got programs that take and tailor the Reiki for people who don't understand Reiki. And that's what part of our cruise um, course will be offering is for people who don't understand Reiki at all and giving them the basics and understanding of, you know, just some of the concepts and principles. So I'm so very excited to see you in March and to have had this conversation today. I'm so just honored always to to sit across from you energetically um, you. and share these moments. This has just been so cool, Sharon. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you for inviting me back a second time. So that's all for this episode of Coming Back. Thank you endlessly to Sharon Ellers, fellow grief recovery specialist, Reiki practitioner, and the person who got me in touch with the founders of the Bereavement Cruise. I really owe you so much. Sharon came back by trying on a practice she was skeptical about and remaining open-minded about Reiki and other forms of healing. You can find a link to Sharon's website in the show notes. Join me in my private Facebook group, Permission to Grieve Launch Team, to receive a free copy of my upcoming book and provide your insight and wisdom to this valuable project. And this week, check out my Spotify playlist for writing by clicking the link in the show notes. Come sail with me and so many fellow grief growers on the 2019 Bereavement Cruise by requesting more information at comingbackcruise.com. If this podcast has changed the way you see grief and loss, go to patreon.com slash shelbyforsythia where you can pledge for as little as $1 per month and get some very cool podcast rewards for doing so, including one-on-one time with me on September 24th. If you liked what you heard today, you can also support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and by telling a friend about coming back, because you never know what someone you love is going through. Thank you to Mr. Addie Goldstein, who composed our theme music. You can find me on Facebook at Shelby for Scythia, Intuitive Grief Guide, Instagram at Grief Guide Shelby for Scythia, or simply shelbyforsythia.com. If you'd like to leave a question or a comment for a future show, leave a voicemail or text 312-725-3043, or email me at shelby at shelbyforsythia.com. As always, my dear grief growers, it was beautiful sharing this space and time with you today. 
I see you. I am proud of you and the work that you're doing in the world. And I love you. Because even through grief, we are growing. <laughs>